Good morning. So last week we kicked off this new series called Decision 2016, and when we played that video, it had about the same effect as it just had a second ago, when you kind of felt all the air suck out of the room, and people thought, oh, is he going to preach about politics? Is that what this is about? So all the people that saw that video last week, they've not come back this week. Uh, I know you won't be back next week, so I'm looking forward to being just me and the band next Sunday. That'll be cool. Now, we are, uh, we are tying around this uh, political season, but the theme of this series, Decision 2016, is more than just the one decision that you will make on November 8th. Now, don't get me wrong. I do believe that's an important decision. I think we need to never forget what a privilege it is for us in America to be able to vote freely. Uh, not every country in the world has that option, and uh, we have a choice to make on November 8th, uh, a vote to cast. But the truth is that outside of that date, there are decisions that we make every single day. There will be decisions that we make leading up to that date. We will make a big decision on that date. And then following that date onwards, there will be decisions that we make. And I happen to believe that if you're a follower of Jesus here this morning, that those decisions you make can have a huge impact on the world in which we live. I believe they can have an impact on your own personal life upon your family, the community in which we live, I think even could trickle down into the nation in which we live. As important as that decision is, I believe that we, as followers of Jesus, the choices we make, the decisions we make, can have a, have a huge impact on the world in which we live. And these decisions take place every single day. If I was preparing for this morning's message, what we're going to do in this series is we're going to look over the course of uh, the next few weeks at some of the decisions that Jesus laid out for us, choices that he put before us. And even though he was speaking to the crowd of that time, those choices still land at our feet here this morning. And we're challenged to respond to those choices. How will we respond to what Jesus called us to do? And some of those decisions were tough decisions. Some of them were difficult decisions for the followers of the day to hear, and they're just as hard for us this morning to make. But the truth is, I don't know if you realize this, but we are making decisions all the time. I actually Googled this this week. I, I just threw, I love Google, I just threw in the question, how many choices do we make a day? And you know what? There's an answer. Studies have found that the average adult makes 35,000 remotely conscious decisions every day. So we're about a third of the way through. So you're already about 10,000 decisions in, even on a Sunday. Maybe there's less decisions on a Sunday, I don't know. But 35,000 a day. Now, what I thought was fascinating is, by contrast, a child will make only 3,000. You're like, wow, that sounds really nice. Wouldn't it be great to be a kid again, to have it from 35 down to 3? to have someone else decide for you where you're going to eat, what you're going to eat, when you're going to eat, what you're going to wear that day. Yeah. If Casey were here right now, she'd be like, Dave, that is your life. <laughs> I make those decisions for you. So it is. It's great being a child. I love it. But the reality is that we make these decisions every day, and, and some of them are fairly minor decisions. You know, I can't believe that when you got up this morning and you were deciding what color shirt to put on, that wasn't really going to change the world. You made good choices, by the way, and some of you, it, as long as it had a big red C on, that's the shirt you were wearing. There was no other shirt that you were wearing today. Some decisions we make, like, do you want bacon on your burger? I mean, that's not really even a decision, is it? I mean, bacon, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Obviously, I do. So these small decisions, they don't really have a huge impact on our life. 
But every now and again, as we live our lives, there'll come a decision that could have a huge impact on the direction our life is headed. And it's not just those huge decisions, isn't it? Sometimes we can be making these small decisions that when they're piled on top of each other can also have a dramatic impact for the good or sometimes for the bad. So choices are huge. Choices that we make are important. And the choice I want to challenge us on today, the one I want to really talk about, is something that Jesus uh, encountered. We're going to read about that in just a second. But the choice I want to put before you is, do you choose the important over the urgent? Do you choose the important over the urgent? Because I think with God's help, he's going to want to empower us this morning to choose that which is important over that which is urgent. Now already some of you, I think the wheels are turning, you're thinking, well, hang on a second, urgent sounds important to me. Surely urgent is important. What's the difference here between the two? Well, I think that not necessarily that all urgent things are always important. I think there's a difference. For example, let me give you an example. If you're a business owner here this morning, and you've got an upset, angry customer, dealing with that customer is urgent, right? I mean, you want to deal with them straight away. You want to solve their problems and, and relate to them. But creating systems to keep that customer from getting upset in the first place, that's important. Those are two different things. One's urgent, one's important. If your car engine needs repairing because you didn't change the oil on it, you've got an urgent situation on your hand, haven't you? But what was important? Changing the oil in the first place. That was important. Urgent is dealing with the problem when it suddenly appears. Another example could be that you're sick. And the reason you're sick is because you didn't take care of yourself. You didn't sleep. You're overwhelmed. You're doing too much. You're not eating right. Now, you can go to the doctor, and in your urgency, he can give you some treatment for being sick. But taking care of your body in the first place, that's important. So do you see the difference there between important and urgent? Urgent is dealing with things all the time, whereas important is maybe getting some structure into our lives and doing some things to where the urgent doesn't keep creeping up on us. There's an author, you know, by the name of Seth Goodin, and uh, he's written a bunch of different books. He's kind of a market leader, a thought leader, and um, he talks about this very thing. He says, if you choose what is important, you won't deal with as many things that are urgent. If you choose what is important, you won't deal with as many things that are urgent. And I read this, and I've got to be honest, I find this sentence kind of challenges me a little bit. Because I find as I kind of reflect on my life, I seem to be doing a lot of things that are urgent instead of investing some time and some energy into some things that are important. You see, he says this, Seth Gooden, he says that um, if you choose what is important you won't find yourself dealing with as many urgent things. But if you insist on always busying yourself with the urgent, you'll never find time for what's really important. So I want to jump to a situation this morning in the life of Jesus where we see this play out. And as we read this story, if you're like me, you're going to relate to one of the people in this story and think, oh man, I feel bad for that person because that's kind of me. But I feel like this very story is Jesus using an example to challenge us in choosing um, what's important instead of what's urgent. So we read about this story. It's told by Luke, who is one of the four writers of the life of Jesus. And in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42, he tells us about something that happened in the life of Jesus. 
We're going to read it together. You can follow along on the screens or read along if you've got a Bible with you or the app on your phone. It says, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what Jesus said and to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about, and Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. So let's dive a little bit deeper into this story this morning, because I've got to be honest, all my life as a follower of Jesus, as I've read read this story, I always have a little bit of a hard time with it, because I like Martha. I mean, Martha was working hard. I, I, I kind of think, man, she was doing some good stuff. You know, she, I, I, I relate to Martha. I find myself being busy at times and getting busy and thinking, come on, Jesus, she, you should be proud of how busy she was. I think we can all relate to her, can't we, a little bit? We can all relate to that side of Martha, knowing that, you know, we've got jobs to do and things to do. And, and it's not like they're bad things. It's not like Martha was wasting her time. This was good that she was doing. She was preparing the house, getting things ready. I mean, you know what it's like, don't you, when company comes? Maybe you're here this morning, you can think back to a time recently when, when you had people over and, and it was just that emergency hour before they were getting there. Everything was like, you're rushing around, like you got the kids helping you, you're, you're throwing stuff in closets and you're putting blankets away and you're, uh, the pigs and blankets are in the oven and everything's got to be timed right and you've lit the, the smelly candles. I mean, there's a lot of stuff to be done, right? Sorry, scented candles, I know, but we'll... Uh... We'll call them what they really are. So um, you're rushing around. You know what it's like, don't you, when companies come in, that, that pressure to have to kind of get everything right and get the house all in place. So I relate to that in Martha. So she's already got this going against her. And then she's got this sister who's doing nothing, not even lending a hand. I mean, in our house, that's trouble. Believe me, I know. So, so there are times where it's like pickup or cleanup. And man, it is everyone going everywhere. We've all got stuff to do. And if you're sitting doing nothing at that moment, that is the most dangerous place to be. I mean, sometimes my kids will just grab something and just walk around just so they're not in a stationary place. I'm like, Ben, what are you doing with the cat? I don't know. I'm just, I've, I feel like I've got to do something. So he's just walking around thinking, where shall I put the cat? Because when it's clean-up time, when it's pick-up, you do not want to be caught sitting around doing nothing. And that's exactly what Mary seemed to be doing. Now, we don't know who was the older sister. The Bible doesn't tell us. But a lot of biblical scholars who have studied this and studied the life of Mary and Martha, they believe that Martha was the older sister. So you got that dynamic as well. All the older siblings right now are going, it's typical. That's exactly what it's like in my house. I do all the work. He hasn't got to do anything. That's the problem. She was the little sister. She got away with it. So Martha did the only thing that she knew to do. I mean, the most obvious, correct response. She tattles. She goes to Jesus and says, hey, check it out. Have you seen this thing? 
Listen, she says, she came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. Mom! (laughs) I mean, that's kind of what she's saying, isn't it? Now, if you're a parent here this morning, or if you were once a child, and that's most of you, I think, um, how well does that work? How well does that work when you go and tell on your brother or tell on your sister? It's not great, is it? We've got... um, my kids are going to be mad at me this morning. I'm telling lots of their stories. But uh, Emma's my youngest, and uh, she's fantastic. But she's taken it upon herself that it's her job to make sure that we carry out all the disciplines that we've expected to do. So earlier this week, this just happened. Something had happened in the morning, and Will was in trouble. And we're like, okay, Will, no screens for the rest of the day. So that night, it's like 8.30 at night. I'm putting Emma to bed, and she hears Will come home from soccer practice. He's downstairs, and I'm tucking her in. We're praying. She's like, Dad. Dad, Will's not on screens, is he? I'm like, I don't know. He's just got, well, just make sure. Just, just go on downstairs and just make sure, because don't forget, you said this morning. I mean, this was 12 hours ago, <laughs> but she's keeping track. And I think that's kind of what's happening with Martha here. She's like, hey, Jesus, Jesus, I, I, you probably haven't noticed this. That's why I need to bring this to your attention. But much the same way that if you're a parent here this morning, or maybe even a sibling, sadly, Jesus seems to respond the same way that we do when our kids come to us, the response normally with my kids is, hey, when you get that right, you can tell your sister. <laughs> or when you're doing that 100% of the time, then you can come and tell me when they're not doing it. Tattling doesn't normally work. And sadly, in this occasion, it didn't work for Martha either. Because instead of saying, Martha, you're right, I hadn't noticed. <laughs> I'm the son of God, and I missed that. <laughs> no, he says, my dear Martha, you're worried and upset over all these details. Now, he doesn't say that what she's doing is wrong, or he doesn't even say that what she's doing isn't important. He just says that right now you're distracted. You're focused on these details, some urgent things here. It's it's good what you're doing, but it's actually distracting you from something that's better. It's urgent, but there is something more important here, and Mary has figured that out. So let's think about this for a second in the context of our lives. When you look back over this last week or this last month and how busy you've been, because we're all too busy, aren't we? And maybe some of that busyness has distracted you from some important things in your life. So so I want to ask a couple of questions here this morning, some, some big questions. Here's the first one. What is the most important thing in your life? What is the most important thing in your life? There's probably a few answers to that. I'm sure this morning some of you have already started to answer that in your head with some different answers. But here's another follow-on question. How have you been distracted from the most important thing in your life? How have you been distracted from the most important thing in your life? I hope some of you here this morning would answer my relationship with Jesus. That's the most important thing in my life. But if that is the case, how many of you this morning say, but you know what? If I'm totally honest, I have let distractions creep in. I've let things get in the way. I haven't really intentionally carved out some quality time every day to spend with him, maybe to read a little bit of the Bible or to spend some time praying or reflecting. This should be the most important thing in my life, but I've not really. I've let distractions crowd it out. Maybe it's your relationship with your kids. Maybe when that question popped up, that was the first thing you thought of was my kids. They're the most important thing in my life. 
But I wonder if you've got caught up in this trap of um, the, the busyness, you know, that sometimes work can bring. And it's a good busy. You know, we want to be working hard because we want to provide for these kids. We want to support them in their sports and their hobbies and, and provide for them. But I've got so busy working that actually, it's, it, ironically, it's pulled me away from the people that I'm providing for. It's distracted me from one of the most important things in my life. Maybe here this morning it's the opposite. Maybe you love your kids and you, you, you do all that you can to make time for them, to make sure that when you're not working, you are with your kids, and that's fantastic. But if you're really honest, you'd say here this morning that, that maybe we've become child-centered parents, that our whole life revolves around our kids, and, and what have you neglected? They've become a distraction to your marriage. To that husband, that wife, who should be the most important person in your life. But ironically, your, your time with the kids has actually distracted you from your time with one another. You see, your marriage, is, it should be that rock that holds the family together. And because you're so busy doing for your kids, you've kind of neglected your relationship with each other. That which would actually strengthen and nourish your kids has been neglected because of the time you're spending with your kids. Maybe it's your physical health. Maybe you're like, Dave, if you saw my schedule, you'd know I don't have time. I, I, I have to stop and have fast food. It's just convenient. It's quick. But it's playing a part on your physical health. All these distractions. And maybe your answer to any one of those was like, Dave, I know what you're saying is right, but if you saw how busy I am, if you saw my calendar, you'd know it, was, it just isn't impossible to change things. Well, is that really true? We have to ask ourselves that question this morning. Is that really the truth? Because I want to go back and read that verse again. As Jesus was describing Mary, he says, Mary has discovered it, discovered this time with Jesus, and it will not be taken away from her. Verse 42 says, Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. Now, this is the New Living Translation. In the New International Version of the translation, the verse reads this way. Mary has chosen what is better. And it will not be taken away from her. So what has Mary done? She's chosen what is better. Mary made a choice. She made a decision. You know, on a regular basis, Case and I will find ourselves in conversations with couples who, who might be going through a difficult time. And one of the pieces of advice we always give to these couples is, you know, you need to, to carve out some time for one another. You need to make some, some, some decisions here to have some quality time together. Not just five minutes at the end of the night or a quick phone call here, but some real quality time, a date night, maybe a, a weekend or away or a, a mini vacation, just the two of you without the kids. And often we'll get the response, oh, we couldn't do that. If you saw our schedule, there's, there's no way we could fit something like that in. Our jobs, our kids, it's just, it's just chaos. But right there, you're making a choice. Right there, you're choosing to make other things more important. By not making your relationship with one another important, even if that means having to sacrifice in another area, you'll soon find yourself battling the urgency of relational turmoil. That's the key here between choosing what's important over what's urgent. You see, Martha surrendered to the urgent, didn't she? But Mary made a choice. Mary chose what was important. I honestly believe if we're not intentional about this, 
that the urgent will always crowd out the important every single time. We have a choice. We make choices. We, we have time for what we choose to have time for. That's why with the help of God, we must choose that which is important over that which is urgent. So I feel like as I'm sharing this this morning, that every one of you is probably sitting there nodding your head going, yes, I agree. Conceptually, Dave, this is a great idea. I'm on board. I, I want to choose the important over the urgent. But, but how can you give me an extra day in the week? Maybe just a couple of hours in the day because I just cannot figure out how I'm going to move things around. Well, I want to give you three real practical keys here, and I hope that at least one of them helps in your situation. Three super practical applications that you can take away and maybe apply to your situation, and maybe one or two or all three of these will help, help you get to, out of that field of urgency and back into what's important and spending some quality time with what's important. So here's the first one this morning. The first one is artificial deadlines. Artificial deadlines. I told you it's going to be super practical. If you study time management or energy management, you'll come across this phrase a lot because a lot of people find this very helpful in their work week and in their, their lives to help manage some of the stuff that's going on. So an artificial deadline is kind of setting a fake deadline ahead of the real deadline. So I'm working real hard on this because um, let me give you an example. So when would you say the deadline is for my message this morning? Yeah, it's about 20 minutes ago. <laughs> right as Justin's announcing the offering. That's my deadline. So if I was to wait till then, and, and I, <laughs> I've got to be honest, there have been times where I have been kind of writing some extra notes and thinking, oh, I should say this. I'd be in trouble every week. I'd be scrambling. So I've created this artificial deadline. We, we plan out our series in advance, and so we kind of have a framework for where we're going. But the actual message itself, Sunday's message, Thursday is the day that I prepare my message. So my artificial deadline is Thursday night. I pretend that Thursday I'm preaching that message. So if I'm not done, I'm in trouble. So I have to discipline myself. I'll be working on my message and a text will pop up and I'll find myself kind of dealing with that. And then I got an email. I'm like, oh, I better respond to this. And then I, I'm researching how many times we make decisions, 35,000 during the day. And I'm like, oh, this is an interesting article. And before you know it, I'm clicking on a link and I'm, I'm deep into the internet and all over the place. I'm like, no, get back. I create these artificial deadlines to keep me on track. You do it as well. Think about it. How many of you have ever been on vacation and you left midweek? What was your week like at work? It was crazy, wasn't it? You were flying out Wednesday night, but you still had five days worth of work to do. And you sat there on the plane ready to take off and you're like, I got it done. Why can't I do that every week? <laughs> Why does it take me five days to get done what I could have got done in three? Because that artificial deadline pushed you to work a little bit harder. Some of us, as we look across our calendars, we probably have to set some artificial deadlines. Look at what's important in our lives. Make some decisions. This is important to me. So I'm going to create some deadlines here because I want to create time. I want to have my Saturday free to spend with my family. So I'm going to get this done by Friday, and that's going to be my deadline. Even though it doesn't have to be done till Monday, I'm going to make sure it's done by Friday so that I have the weekend for my wife and my children. Here's a second piece of practical advice for you this morning. Be ruthlessly selective with your yeses. Be ruthlessly selective with what you say yes to. Be careful, even be prayerful about what you say yes to in your life. 
I honestly believe that the barrier to a meaningful life for most people isn't that you're not committed, it's that you're overcommitted. I think what gets us in trouble isn't that we're not committed to something, it's that we're overcommitted. We've said yes to way too many things. And this is a really hard one because sometimes it means saying, some, saying no to something that might be really good, really beneficial, really advantageous. It's a good thing, but I just know that right now, because this area of my life is important, I've got to say no to this because this is too important to be crowded out. My relationship with Jesus is too important. I can't do this other thing. It'll just take away from that time. My time with my family, my time with my wife or my kids. You know, I just found myself kicking myself recently for this very situation. It was 8.30 at night and uh, it was time to tuck Emma in and I'll go up every night and we'll chat a little bit and I'll pray with her about her day, pray for the next day and we just have some time together. And and literally as I'm walking up the stairs to walk into a room, my phone rings, 8.30 at night. And I look at it, I don't recognize the number, but I'd been expecting this call so I answer it. And it wasn't the call I was expecting. It was someone else who needed some help with the situation. So for about five or ten minutes, I'm walking around on the landing upstairs, you know, talking to this person. I get done. I go in. I, I pray with Emma. Or I kiss her goodnight. And I come downstairs, and my wife says to me, what could possibly be more important than saying goodnight to your daughter? And I'm giving this stupid, lame excuse. Well, I was expecting this call, and I'm like, so what? Even if I was expecting this call, in that moment, I said yes to something that I shouldn't have said yes to. I said yes, and and I made that choice. And here was the thing that really challenged me the most. When I came back in to pray with Emma, she didn't complain, she didn't say anything, and and I just, in my heart, I was almost like, she's, this is normal, she's used to this. So it's tough for me, you know, and maybe some of you are like this as well. You have situations where um, you're in a career or in a situation where there isn't really a cutoff time. So if you're not careful, you could be working all hours of the day. And sometimes it can be easy to say yes to a lot of different things. But for the sake of those that are important in our lives, sometimes it's saying no because this is more important. That's what happened with Mary and Martha. It's not that the house shouldn't have been cleaned or the dinner shouldn't have been prepared. They were important. But at that moment, it would have been okay to have said no to that. To spend time with Jesus. I'm sure there have been other days where there was, you know, plenty of time to clean and prepare. But in that moment, Martha had a choice to make. And she chose to say yes to this, whereas Mary said, you know what? Right now, I want to spend time with Jesus. That leads me into my last practical piece of advice here for you this morning. When it comes to choosing the important over the urgent, we need to do first what matters most. We need to do first what matters most. You know, for some of us, as we look at our schedules across the week, it's not so much taking things out of our schedule, it's maybe realigning things. Because we have every intention of saying, well, I'm going to get to this. I'm going to spend some time with my wife. I'm going to spend some time with my husband. I'm going uh, to shut off all the devices and spend some quality time with my kids. But we have it on a list because there are other things that need to be done. And, and we decide that once we get done with all this, then I will do that. So intentionally, we had every intention of doing this. It's just we never really kind of got around to it. It got crowded out by all the other things. 
Maybe what we need to do is make a decision that we're going to do first what matters most. This is non-negotiable. I'm going to get this done today no matter what. Even if it means something else gets pushed aside, this isn't going to be the thing that gets pushed aside today. Keeping the house clean was good. But what mattered most at that moment was spending time at the feet of Jesus. And that was the decision Mary made. Can I just challenge you on that thought this morning? Really, what Jesus was saying here was in this moment, Mary and Martha, I'm not here all the time. I'm not with you in this home all the time. So Mary... I'm sure there are times when she cleans and she tidies and she prepares the food, but because I was here right with her right now, she pushed some things aside to spend time with me. She made a choice. She said, this is important. This is what matters the most. Can I challenge you this morning to try and carve out some time in your schedules? If you're here this morning and you're a follower of Jesus, maybe this morning you could make that one of your goals this week. I'm going to find some time. For me, it's early in the morning before everyone's awake and going. I kind of, I have this quiet time first thing in the morning where I'll read the Bible, I'll pray. I'll kind of think through my week and it's just a great time to connect with Jesus and spend that time with Jesus. I know for me personally, once the day gets going, I'll get caught up in a lot of other busy things and won't find time to get back to that. Maybe for you it's of an evening, you're a night person and once everyone's asleep and it's all quiet in the house, that's your time. But could I challenge you this week to, to make that time to find that time to spend with Jesus like Mary did. Maybe you're here this morning and, and you're new to connect. Maybe you're new to things of faith and you're like, Dave, I, I think I could make the time, but I'm just not really sure what to do when I have the time. I just kind of sit there and I, I open my Bible and where do I even start? There's a great resource that you can download onto your phone, onto your iPad, onto your computer. It's the Bible app. It's put together by a group called YouVersion. And it's fantastic because in that app, there's a, a section of reading plans. And there are so many. You can read through the Bible systematically. You can read through kind of topically, you know, some verses about marriage and family or business. There's all sorts to choose from. And then it gives you a little portion of scripture you can read every day. Some of them actually come with like a little bit of dialogue afterwards to talk about what you've just read. You can set it up to remind you every day. And it's just making that choice. Saying, I'm going to make a choice to, to carve out some time. See, I know we've talked a lot here about family. We've talked about kids. We've talked about work. We've talked about all the areas of our life that are important. But can I just throw this thought out? Because Jesus says something else in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. He says this. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then everything else will be added to it. She's saying, listen, seek me first, and then everything else will be able to do it. I honestly believe that when we, like Mary, make that choice to just spend some time at the feet of Jesus, it has a knock-on effect. It has a trickle-on effect in other areas of our life. I hope and pray that after hearing this message this morning, if, if your marriage is important, then you're going to make some changes in your life this week. You're going to make some changes in your schedule so you can invest more in that marriage. So you're not dealing with the urgent, but you're dealing with the important. If being with your kids is important to you, I hope and pray that this week you'll make some new changes. You'll do what, what matters first 
And you'll spend that time. But over and above that, I hope and pray that if you're a follower of Jesus here this morning, that the decision you make, that the choice you make will be to spend some time with him. Maybe it's starting small, a couple of minutes a day, three, four, five, ten minutes a day. But I think you'll find that as you carve out that time, as you make that time with Jesus an important part of your day, it'll flow into other areas. It'll be during that time as you're praying that um, you're connecting with Jesus, you'll start to have some ideas. You know what I should do? I should, I should have a date night this week as you're praying for your wife, as you're praying for your husband. You're thinking through some of the stuff that's going on. You know what I should do? We should have, and you'll, you'll make it happen. Because you've taken that moment to connect with Jesus and, and bring him back into the center of your life. Would you do that today for me? Before this day is even out, think about what is important in your life. And then evaluate your calendar, your priorities, your choices, the decisions that you make every day. And choose wisely. Let's make a commitment this week to choose what's important over just dealing with what's urgent. Let's pray. Father, we, uh, as we kind of work through this series, we're talking about a lot of different decisions. And the truth is that Facebook and the media is telling us that on November the 8th, the decision we make will change the world. And, and there is definitely importance in that decision. But please, Lord, as followers of Jesus, help us never to forget that actually... It's those small decisions that we make every day that sometimes lead to bigger decisions. It's those big decisions that we make that lead to the changes in our life. It's those changes in our life that change our family. It's our family following you together that will change our community and that will change our world. Lord, I don't want to be a part of a, uh, a faith that is hung up on this is the solution, this person in power. This, that, that's important, but God, the decisions we make are just as important. So help all of us this morning to make those right decisions. When it comes to choosing what's important over what's urgent, give us wisdom and courage to not just make the right decision, but to move with it, I pray. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.